Welcome to the Soul Purpose Show, where we focus on black people's stuff. What we do is face issues of race from a unique black perspective. Uh, we talk about sex. Uh, actually, we discuss all types of relationship issues. Uh, we definitely get political. Really, all aspects of pop culture. Can we also talk about kids? Now, we'll definitely explore the challenges of raising a family. Well, that all sounds groovy. So stay tuned for another episode of the Soul Purpose Show. Groovy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Soul Purpose Show. We really, really appreciate everyone joining us. I am your host, Keith. And I'm Monica. And this is, wow, yet another episode. What are we now? Uh, is this four? Uh, yeah. All I right. Think it's four. All right. On the fourth uh, edition of the Soul Purpose Show, first of all, we want to thank everyone for all of the support that you have shown us to date. Um, you guys are tuning in, you're listening, you're liking. Um, you're downloading our, our, our shows and, and I think you, you're, it's really resonating. I think people are really kind of getting, um, kind of getting the gist of what it is that we're trying to say, Monica. Yeah. And so to echo Keith, we appreciate everybody with all the feedback. Remember that when you download us on iTunes, um, or whatever other medium that you're using to listen to the podcast, to like us, to review us, to rate us, um, and share if you like it. Share it with your friends. Um, if you don't like it, don't share it with your friends and don't talk bad about us. But we'd ask that you um, just, you know, we appreciate all the constructive feedback everybody's giving us. And and with that, we want to uh, we want to get into this week's uh, show and this week's topic. So yeah, I called Monica one day. I was um, I was riding to work and and I heard this uh, person, for lack of a better term, uh, talking about this topic of toxic masculinity. And honestly, the more he talked and the more they talked, the more that it was a, actually a subject of another uh, of another podcast, uh, the more angry I got. Because honestly, this whole notion of toxic masculinity, uh, I think this is just this is my premise. Um, I don't think it's a thing. I think it's a thing that has been created and made up uh, in order to bring attention to something that, you know, should be a positive thing um, for men in general as we go on this journey to kind of, you know, understand who we are and what we are. And, and I think it's especially dangerous for uh, young men of color to try to attach this whole to- notion of toxicity to uh, to our masculinity. So we're really going to get into uh, both of those terms and why, in my opinion, uh, they should not be used uh, together. Well, I obviously had a difference of opinion and I shared with him that which it was, is which is incorrect by the way. Okay, well, I shared with him that it is a real thing. It was not talking about all men. It was talking specifically about um society's expectations on what a man is and what a woman is. And I actually put it out there on my Facebook post, my personal Facebook page to kind of get a see if I could gauge from other people what their feelings on 
toxic masculinity was and whether or not it was a thing. And surprisingly, a lot of people agreed with my husband, which was shocking to me. Well, they agree with me because in this particular instance, I happen to be right. Mm, you happen to be wrong. That's not true. And we're going. Well, let's let's break it down. Let's get into it. Um, first of all, the definition. So you know, we, I, I did find one definition uh, from one article uh, from um, wow from a couple of years ago. So this was this was actually the article is called "What We Mean When We Say Toxic Masculinity." The author is Colleen Clements, uh, and this appeared in a uh, I believe was a, a journal entry called "Teaching Tolerance." So this was the the article, the working, uh, excuse me, the, the definition, the working definition that she used. It said toxic masculinity is a narrow and repressive description of manhood, designating manhood as defined by violence, sex, status, and aggression. It's the cultural ideal of manliness where strength is everything while emotions are a weakness, where sex and brutality are yardsticks by which men are measured while supposedly feminine traits, which can range from emotional vulnerability to simply not being hypersexual, are the means by which your status as man can be taken away. Um, I just, you know, I have all types of problems with uh, not just the definition itself, but uh, but really just the premise that, you know, it is a narrow and repressive description of manhood. You know why? Because it's not a, a, a description of manhood. Uh, I'm I'm in love with my manhood personally, and I'm not trying to be all whatever. Um, I'm you know a, I've considered myself a red blooded uh, African American male. That's got nothing to do with my sexual preference. Um, that's got everything to do with uh, all of the positive things about me as a man that that I have come to identify with. So I I don't I don't think this whoever came up with this definition and from what I understand from a little bit more research it was actually a, a, a man's idea uh, to even talk about toxic masculinity I think it's been adopted by women now uh, y'all are having a tough time trying to figure out figure us out no we're not having a tough time figuring us out first of all as I shared with you when you brought this subject up over the phone it's not a description of all men. At the end of the day, we teach our boys, society teaches boys, and you can agree or disagree with this, which is kind of part of this podcast. We tell little boys, don't cry. Hide your emotions. Don't be sensitive. Don't express how you're feeling. And that is something that we continue to teach boys. And if you cry because your feelings are hurt or you're, I mean, we've said it to our son, stop whining, you know, don't do things like that. And I think it's, you know, something, uh, it is a, it is an expectation that we unfairly put on boys because boys have emotions, men and boys have emotions. And so to share with a young man and we desensitize young men to sharing their emotions and expressing how they're feeling. And so if you're feeling a certain type of way, you're angry about something or you're sad about something, there's really no way for young men, in my opinion, to express those feelings in a healthy way. And so what you have is you have this, cultural definition of what manhood is it includes hunting it includes being very aggressive it includes being you know playing sports it it includes all of these things that sh demonstrate aggression demonstrate violence and so then when you have a man who may not necessarily be really into sports or who is more into arts or who likes music 
whose focus is something completely different than what society says a man should be, y'all call him soft. He could be extremely masculine and be getting all the chicks. But because they don't fit into this narrow definition of what a man should be, then you all consider that particular person soft. And I think the, the, the idea of toxic masculinity is to try to encourage men to be more in touch with their feelings, to be able to express their feelings without feeling like they're somehow becoming more effeminate because they made a decision to share with somebody else how they're feeling about a particular issue. And I believe that uh, just the, the notion uh, of uh, my masculinity being toxic. Um, but it's not I, your masculinity. It it, is my, it's my masculinity. It because is not. I, well, I, I, I own my masculinity. I'm proud of it because of all of the positive things and all of the positive attributes, some of which you describe. Uh, sports is, you know, I don't consider sports necessarily masculine, but um, for, for those of us who like to play, you know, contact sports or participate in certain types of sports, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's masculine if I'm high-fiving another guy who, you know, for making a good play, if I, if I make a good tackle on the field, if I tackle somebody hard uh, or whatever it is, yeah, I mean, I, I consider, you know, those things are, um, those behaviors, I, you know, I'm, I attribute to my masculinity, but I also attribute a lot of other things to masculinity and my masculinity especially, and this is why I take, I take this so personally, that have nothing to do with anything toxic. And but that not, is that means it's not that means it's not defining and talking about you. And and, and neither is toxic mas- masculinity for that matter. It's not it's not talking about any it's not talking about masculinity at all. The toxic behaviors and we're and when we're gonna talk about some of these toxic behaviors as well, but the toxic behaviors to me are a way for other people to try to understand things in a in a in a very unsophisticated in a very narrow view that they shouldn't that they shouldn't be. I think men should be focused on um, not just getting in touch with their feelings, but also understanding how to cope with and how to discover ways of coping with uh, conflict and ways of uh, of staying you know healthy you know mentally. And, and, and you can't teach someone how to do that if you are telling them that, well, the opposite of healthy masculinity is something called toxic masculinity. I think the term itself is an oxymoron. I think one of your one of your Facebook followers actually used that term as well, that, you know, toxic masculinity is, in fact, the oxymoron. Um, I don't believe that, especially with young men of color. If you look at just the history of black men in America, so you talk about 400 years of going from losing entirely any sense of self-identity because we were slaves. We were we, we basically were, were told to do whatever we were asked to do. And not only did that include physical labor, but that also included just, the you know, all, all other things uh, as a sign. So even though... Uh, even though we start, we think of ourselves historically as you know these physical beings that were uh, hyper masculine or, or hyper, um, hyper overly hyperly masculine, you know from a physical perspective, you know now we, you bring it forward to now when we are um, free, if you will, for the last uh, over over the last hundred years, one hundred and fifty years, we have we have been intellectually freed. Um, as of any and socially and emotionally freed as of the civil rights movement, you know, took place here in the South. We have our rights restored. So we have our humanity restored now. Um, and so a, a, a masculinity for us is a prized thing because now we are fully able to do all of those positive things with respect to 
you know, taking care of and being providers and protecting and, and all of the things that all of the positive things that historically have been attributed to being a man and attributed to being masculine. Uh, and now all of a sudden we want to attach something called toxicity to it because that is not good enough anymore because now, now we got to deal with the emotional aspect of it. So let's just start, you know, taking all the, let's start taking all the positive things and, and attach and attach this, you know, this but, very poisonous but, thing. But to it. it's my understanding that that's not what, the the term toxic masculinity is describing period my understanding in terms of what i've read is that 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 term is specifically dealing with those behaviors that that society typically attributes to men that are violent and aggressive in nature because because that's something that society expects of men that's my understanding of it and, mm-hmm. and so because you tell boys Boys, big boys don't cry or you, um, that you don't, don't be such a girl. You, the opposite of masculinity is being feminine and based, you know, based on the information I've read, it's an energy masculinity and femininity don't describe your genitalia. It doesn't describe your sexual orientation. It is an energy level. And so when you're talking about, you know, masculinity tends to be based on this article that I read, I think it may be in the same article further down that you were talking about. Masculine energy is described as hot, quick, light, and bright. It's ambitious, aggressive, driven. It's associated with daytime, the sun, whereas feminine energy is soft, slow, reflective, and receptive. Its nature is gentleness and simplicity. It nurtures, allows, holds, and receives. So those two descriptions, if you're talking about masculinity and femininity, they are women who meet some of those characteristics that are considered masculine. I think I'm aggressive. I've been told that. I think that um, a lot of my friends are aggressive and driven and ambitious. And similarly, I think there are some men that I know who are reflective and gentle um, and simple. What toxic masculinity is, from from what I've read, is that it's taking those the aggression and the ambition to the next level. And it's saying that you're not a man unless you meet all of these specific criteria, being aggressive, being, you know, being a jack butt, um, you know, be doing the whole locker room talk, having a whole lot of women playing football, playing sports and completely ignoring the sensitive side, which is why if you think about, men who are abusive towards women, some of that may just deal with the fact that they're feeling some type of insecurities and they're not able to really release that. They're not able to release it. They're not able to express themselves because society has told them that as a man, you're not supposed to express your feelings. You're not supposed to share with you, share with other people that you're feeling down today or you're not exactly where you want to be on a professional level or you're, de- you're, you're, you're suffering from depression. Those are not things that men share. I mean, you, there's a uh, TV show on right now. There's a very good show, A Million Little Things, and there's a brother on the show. I forgot the actor's name. This suffering from depression, and he shares this shares his issues with depression. Was very hesitant to share that information with his father, who's an older black man, because in his father's eyes, and based on the way he was raised, men aren't supposed to demonstrate weakness. You're supposed to push through depression and sadness and feelings of insecurity and feeling that you're not living up to whatever standard society has given to you. And so when you don't have a way to 
express those feelings or release those feelings of self-doubt, it manifests itself in something else. And sometimes that something else is violent behavior or having a lot of women or doing things that society says are traditionally male. So to say, to suggest toxic masculinity doesn't exist, I think is problematic because it does. Well, and so let's, and so and let me tell you the problem that I have with the premise that you just, uh, that you just laid out so eloquently, uh, uh by the way, um, well, thank if, you. if I can't, you're welcome, baby. If I can't, uh, deal with in a positive way, my, what you call feminine side, that's got nothing to do with my masculine side. If I can't control my feelings, if I am, if I have, if I am going through bouts of depression and I can't verbalize to someone, another male, for example, that I am feeling a certain way and that I'm struggling and that I'm showing weakness or that I am weak. If I can't do that and that individual is not receptive of that, that displaying or that demonstration of the behavior I don't believe should be attached to my masculinity. And here's why. And this is a good segue for us, I think, to kind of pivot to talk about femininity. Because everything that you described about what happens when masculinity goes off the rails is the exact same behavior that happens when a woman's uh, inability to cope with her feelings goes off the rails as well. Because because I might be aggressive, that doesn't or overly aggressive. That doesn't necessarily mean a woman can't deal with her inability to or, or inability to, to to deal with certain feelings in a manner that is overly aggressive. Because because women can be overly aggressive as well. I don't consider that they're acting uh, hyper masculine or talk or or, in a, or masculine in a, in a toxic way. If they um, if they do things that are dis uh, dysfunctional when they can't deal with um, when they can't deal with something that, that that's happening with them from a female perspective or for just from a human perspective, um, and they act out in certain behaviors. If, if 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 that's what they do, I don't think that that's attached to their to their gender at all. Um, I look at it as you know m- mental health affects both sexes, and and science has also proven that there's no you know physiological difference between the male brain and the, and the female brain. So. So if society places certain gender um, specific behaviors on people, then that's one thing. But violence is not a is not a a, a, a male behavior. Inability inability to cope with and deal with in a positive way without being dysfunctional is not a male or female behavior and I, either. And the way I'm the way I'm understanding this coin or this phrase toxic masculinity, it's not. It, it's not fitting into the box, not fitting into the definition that you're suggesting. It is simply, it is simply stating based on the way I'm interpreting and the way I'm reading it is that society places certain expectations on men that are not fair. And so because society places certain expectations on men that fundamentally aren't fair and saying that the opposite of if you, it, a man is this, a man based on society is strong. He's a provider. Um, he doesn't show any weakness. Um, he's ambitious. He's goal driven. All of those characteristics society says are what defines a man. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't cry. 
you don't, um, you play sports, you're in, you're into, you're into sports. You're not really into the arts. Those things define a man. Mm -hmm. So if you are a young man who grows up in an environment where that's being taught to you over and over again, you, you know, being a man means you go hunting. Being a man means you play football. Being a man means you play sports. Being a man means that you don't cry. I hear women tell their sons, don't, mm -hmm. you know, don't cry. Don't that's, that's like, that's the girl thing. Don't do that. You're not giving space to the ability, as, as you said, because it doesn't define what a man is. The, no, you know, it doesn't. it doesn't define a man, what a man is, but that's, that's what society has indicated. These are the certain, these are the appropriate behaviors for men. And so if you're not doing those types of things, if you're doing those types of things and you're not given a space to express your feelings and to demonstrate that you feel weakness or demonstrate that you are somehow feeling some type of insecurities, then you're somehow less of a man. Mm -hmm. And so because you are less of a man by exhibiting what you have, what you have articulated are natural feelings that anybody would have, there has to be a way from a man's perspective, presumably because I'm not a man, but this is kind of what I'm understanding this whole, this whole idea of toxic masculinity came from. When you're unable to do that, then you are demonstrating behaviors that can be destructive to yourself and to others because you don't have an avenue to share what are typically considered effeminate feelings or feminine feelings um, in a positive way. So for it, for as an, as an example, um, there is a young, I've watched a couple of Ted talks in preparation for this. There was a young, there's a black guy, Eldred Jackson, mm -hmm. who did a Ted talk on toxic masculinity. And he was talking about the fact that um, when he was growing up, you know, if his parents were, you know, his dad was a hardworking man, never saw his dad cry. I never saw my grandfather cry. Mm -hmm. um, even when my grandmother passed, never saw my granddad cry. Um, he, he, he never saw his father cry. He was very engaged in sports. Um, so much so, you know, just exhibiting all of these what are considered man type characteristics and showing all these male attributes. Mm -hmm. And he got started getting in trouble because he, he you know, he re revealed that he was molested as a child and he didn't have a way and didn't have a safe space to express how he was feeling. And so what he did instead was he started lashing out at other people because he was violated as a child didn't have a space to really express it couldn't tell his daddy couldn't tell his mom because boys don't cry and so because you you're you're you are harboring that those emotions and those feelings and questioning why that would happen to you you don't have a safe space to share because it's not manly to share those feelings uh that you that you're experiencing he then started fighting and those fights became bigger. And when he, you know, he, the more he fought, the more girls he got, mm -hmm. the more street cred he got. So I'm going to fight a little more. Mm -hmm. And he ended up in jail. And so what he's, his thing is, we have to stop this cycle of expressing and telling our young, this is a black, this is a brother, mm -hmm. telling our men, telling our young boys that it's not okay to be gentle, that it's not okay to express your feelings, that it's not okay that if someone violates you, for you to share how share that experience with someone in a, in a confidential manner um, without being called weak or without being called soft. I mean, Terry Crews came out during this Me Too movement mm -hmm. and told people and shared and said it was very difficult for him to do that, shared the fact that he'd been violated um, 
in a in a sexually aggressive manner. Mm-hmm. And people came out and, you know, I think, I don't, maybe it was 50 Cent or somebody came out and blasted him and poked fun at him because this was an experience that he had. Why is that? There is something to be said about when a man expresses something that typically is based on society's expectations, something that a woman would do. They get all this backlash um, because they're sharing a feeling that is not typically a man, a feeling that a man should express. Well, let me, let me, I'm going to try to answer that question, and I want you to help um, maybe give, give some clarity to, uh, to whether or not this behavior is toxic masculinity. I think personally, um, when, when Terry Crews came out and said what he had to say, I've seen Terry Crews for the last several years. Here is a man who appears to be very physically fit. Uh, matter of fact, I've seen him in person. I think we saw him over, um, when, uh, when we went to the Tom Joyner morning show one year, uh, reunion, I should say, uh, over in Orlando one year. So we saw, we actually saw this brother, uh, personally. He appears to be very physically fit, appears to be very physically able to take care of himself if there is some type of a, a, a physical threat. And I, and, and I don't know the exact details of the story, but, but, but if the brother is suggesting that he was um, approached and violated against his will by someone in the industry who probably assumed that they could take advantage of him physically and uh in order to you know kind of gain him gain some favor you know for him he's trying to get a part or whatever it is and then that affected him you know quote unquote emotionally um i would just you know my first reaction was i would hope that whoever that was was literally seven feet five inches tall 500 pounds and and way 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 more muscular than terry cruz because the average brother especially someone who is as physically fit as he is um, the average brother kind of heard that story and was like, wait a minute, somebody touched, somebody tried to touch you in an appropriate way. Hopefully you just beat that ass. And that means that means that we have uh, a code, I guess, that we live by that says that if we are the physically superior um, of the of the sexes, if you will, uh, and if we are physically superior on top of being physically superior, then we are supposed to exercise the ability to protect ourselves in a certain way that's not going to affect us emotionally. Conversely, if a woman is attacked by a man, and most most men are physically superior than than most women, uh, as, as kind of a general rule, then the emotional stress that comes from that act, if you will, is because we are imposing ourselves uh, against your will because of our because of our physical size. So I'm not sure what Fiddy said. I'm not sure what like all black men said when they heard that he you know struggled with kind of coming out and sharing his story. But I think on a real basic level, on a real basic level, most brothers was like Terry Crews, whoever it w- whoever it was, whoever it was. Terry Crews should have beat that ass. If it were me personally, but I, okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. if it were me personally. I'm not even like I'm a good sized guy, right? And if even if the guy was bigger than me and attempted to violate me in a sexual manner, touching my body, it's gonna be uh, it's going to be ugly. I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna probably not be you know measured or rational about it, and um and that's just what I'm going to. That's just what I'm gonna do. So here's what I'm ultimately saying: if for whatever reason. Somebody looks at that whole kind of, you know, dynamic back and forth and just says, well, well, what's really happening here is there's some, you know, toxic, you know, masculinity, you know, in play in this scenario, some kind of way. 
I'm going to say no. This is this is this is just basic. This is just really 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 basic. I don't know Terry Crews. I don't know what was going on in his mind. Maybe he was talking about maybe he was concerned cuz he was trying to get some paper to, you know, provide for his family or whatever. I don't know what was going on with your brother, but at the end at, at the end of the day, if somebody's going to try to touch me, um unless I'm, you know, weak and young and can't, you know, defend myself or whatever, um I don't necessarily see that as as I don't say something to be ridiculed. I, mean, I don't know if he could should have been ridiculed, but we just don't understand that. We don't. Have and, any, and, I, and I get that you don't understand it, but you know, there's a lot of different variables. Where was he? Was a very busy loca- You know, busy event. Was he in in the it was he in a space and situation where he could do what you suggested and whip somebody's always, tail? Always. In okay. Well, I mean, it's easy to be play you know, Monday morning quarterback when we weren't there and we're just kind of relying on what he said. But I think what the main, what the real issue is, is why is it that people did ridicule him? Why was the immediate response when he shared his experience for people to question, do what you just did? And well, why didn't he whoop his ass? Because he touched him Correct. at the end of the day. Should it matter? I mean, should it, should it, should it matter? He was violated. People came out and criticized him and said the same thing you said. And I guess the point is that he felt some kind of way. It took him forever to say it because in society, people view this is what a man does. This is what a man should do. And if you do anything outside of what the expectations are of what a man should or should not do, then you're considered strange or you're considered soft or you're considered effeminate. I mean, we, you know, our son, right? And, and and I think it may be innate because our son is three, and now he he says now, um, unless you telling him stuff stuff in his ear, he says now. Well, mommy, boys can't. You know, the other day you said y'all were watching mm-hmm. a hockey game, and he tells you, "Oh, daddy, mommy can't watch hockey because she's a girl." Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? So that's what I'm saying. There there is this space in our society, whether it is implied in kind of the media or in the things that we say to each other and not really cognizant of the things that we're saying to our children and to each other that teaches little boys that to be a man, you have to be, um, you have to mask your feelings. You have to, if you're feeling inadequate, you can't share that. Um, that if you're, you have a feel of fear of failure, that you can't share those feelings either because to do so, would be acting like a girl because girls are weak by sharing that information, by sharing that mindset with young men, you are to me implicitly saying that men are strong, girls are weak. And if you show any sign of weakness, then you're acting like a girl. You know, and what's, what's interesting about the, um, and this is where I'm kind of painting the difference. Men are strong, women are weak. And there, and therein kind of lies a difference in that, in that situation. I, I, in the Terry Crews situation, I look at it more like this. Uh, I'm physically fit enough to defend myself when somebody tries to touch me inappropriately, right? You are also physically fit enough to defend yourself if someone tries to touch you inappropriately. Let's just assume because you because you are uh, you're heavy handed. Um, I know you got to know you pack a punch because you um, beat up on me all the that time. That's not true. Don't be telling people that. So if somebody were to try to physically do something, who somebody who is physically uh, inferior to you were to try to do something to you to violate to violate you, my expectation, quite frankly, is that you're going to try to defend yourself because that's what you typically do. Um, you know, do to me when when you don't when you don't feel like uh, being hugged and you don't feel like being, you know, kind of chased around the house like I like I have a tendency to do. 
you defend yourself. You defend yourself. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't even look at the Terry Crews scenario as uh, as a masculine thing. I look at it really kind of more as a physiological thing. And I think anybody who is physically able to defend themselves under certain circumstances should do that. And I don't I don't necessarily attach. Now, taking it a step further. Pause. You don't. But I, what I'm sharing with you is that when he came out in that Me Too movement, Mm-hmm. A lot of the backlash he got was from men. Well, why didn't he whoop? Well, how are you gonna sit there and let somebody touch on you inappropriately and not whoop their ass? And so my point, my point is that he made a decision for whatever reason in that space that that was not the appropriate time to do that, and he hesitated on coming out and revealing what happened because, as I said, that was not some a man being sexually assaulted by another man or whatever happened is not something that should happen to men because that's not what society says should happen. And I'm pretty sure that it probably happens more often than not. I'm sure. I'm sure it does. So let's get into toxic femininity. Let's, let's get into this same thing that happens when a woman does not know how to adequately emotionally um, digest whatever it is that's happening around her and she starts to behave in ways that are dysfunctional. And I think going back to the, the history of this is supposedly, you know, a man came up with this term following... The Me Too movement? No, not following the not following the Me, the Me Too moment. No, excuse me, the, the Me Too movement. More specifically, it was inspired by the feminist movement that had really, you know, kind of done a lot to try to to try to unpack this no, whole notion of, of, of toxic femininity. And I'm quoting, you know, thinking that eating disorders that seek to control one's eating and environment. So after the work that, that, that femi- feminists uh, did to try to better ways to teach girls about their options, men began to take notice and apply those same gender construct theories to their own experience. So in other words, if you have women that are now suffering from eating disorders because they're uh, they're not able to appropriately identify with, you know, body type and, you know, thinking that they are uh, insufficient in that, in that manner. Um, so, so, so then they, you know, so then they don't eat, um, or they overeat for that matter. Uh, but they start to use food in a, in a, in an unhealthy way. So I guess the term toxic femininity came from, you know, women who are displaying, you know, these bad behaviors. Uh, and then men, men kind of wanted, you know, we wanted to meet too. Like we wanted to kind of get into it as well. And I think, it, and I'm very curious to hear what psychologists would say about this, but I think it does a disservice to the whole mental health um, discipline. I think it does a disservice to it to say that that the dysfunctional behavior that comes with us not able to process things that are happening to us emotionally should be attached to gender. Because we've already established that these things are societal constructs. This is what society says a man should do. A man should not be able to identify with his feminine side. A man should not be uh, excel in the arts or to be able to sing or to be able to dance ballet like a man shouldn't be able to. That, that's, that's, that's what society is doing. So if a very you know, emotionally attuned man who also sings, um, who also dances ballet, uh, is unable to cope with his emotional self for whatever reason because he's going through a bout of whatever, is that toxic femininity? Because he's a more uh, "quote unquote" effeminate man. No, no, it's not. Because the behavior is the behavior. The behavior itself is the behavior. You can't attach it to gender. You can't attach it to sex. We've already established that there are going to be some men who are more, you know, 
quote unquote in tune with their feminist side. I, th- I think people want it both. I think certain people want it both ways. The same people who want to identify with a man being soft are the same people who now want to say, well, if he's being overly aggressive, well, then that, you know, that's, that's gotta be, you know, that's gotta be a toxic masculine thing as opposed to, you know, overly aggressive means you just overly aggressive. No. And I don't think that you can, I don't think you can simplify it in that manner because toxic femininity and initially to be, you know, full transparency, I didn't think it was a thing. I thought it was one of those things that, you know, you know, we say, Black Lives Matter. Everybody says all lives matter just so they can feel better. That's kind of what I have, uh, thought it was akin to. But mm-hmm. the difference, I think, is toxic masculinity in terms of the way this this has been described and shared doesn't lead to a rape culture. Toxic masculinity, do, toxic femininity, excuse me, doesn't lead to locker room talk. Toxic femininity doesn't lead to women walking down the street and men feeling it appropriate to catcall at a woman because she's just walking down the street. Toxic femininity doesn't um, lead to somebody, an R. Kelly type situation where people are defending his bad behavior um, over 20 years. Toxic femininity doesn't lead to frat boys gang raping a, a girl and then getting off. So there, I mean, there, there is a rape culture in this, in this country but I think when you look at the reasons why, it's because a part of it is because we have told young men that being a man means this. And a part of being a man means that you need to have a whole lot of women. And if a woman's rejecting you, there's something wrong with her. And so then you have to assert your power over her. And then it leads to a sexual assault. So I understand what you're saying, but I think your definition is not a good definition relative to toxic femininity because my understanding of toxic femininity to, to assuming that it is really a thing and I'm not a psychologist. So if I'm wrong, then somebody feel free to correct me when women don't feel like they meet this standard or this idea of what a woman is, then based on what I've, my reading, we tend to internalize things. So that's where you get the, um, the depression. That's where you get the eating disorder. So the women are supposed to meet this particular standard. We're supposed to be genteel. We're supposed to be kind. We're supposed to be slim. We're supposed to be soft-spoken. And when you don't, if you're not able to really fit into that little box, then based on the reading that I've done, we tend to internalize that and it becomes more of a um, self-inflicted type issues. So we're doing ourselves harm. Whereas in the, in the space of toxic masculinity, again, based on what I've read, if you're not fitting into those boxes, those aggressions tend to be outward. When you're not fitting into that box, the feelings of insecurity or feelings of, of emptiness that you're experiencing because you're not fitting into that little box that society has given you, you tend to, that tends to manifest itself and you hurting other people or it's, it's outward versus toxic femininity is more of an inward hurt hurting yourself does that make sense it 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 does make sense and i think i'm uh, just for my purpose i want to ask questions around um and again i'm mm -hmm. not i could be completely wrong this is a topic that you want to discuss and i won't gonna let you sit there and say that toxic masculinity did not exist well because it's it's not a thing so let me so, so okay so let me ask let me ask you a question why is it for you know for those of you who would like to you know attribute certain behaviors as toxic why is it then that in our culture for women to see a man exhibiting overly aggressive 
let's just say let's for all intent purposes let's just you know be fair let's let's say a football player who is not just a football player playing the game but he is notorious for being a hard hitter because he's stronger and faster than everybody else so he you know so he hits people hard on the uh, on the football field a hockey player that um skates and is also a fighter because he's on his team to kind of stir things up take it to the streets you know a guy who has uh, a lot of women okay you know more more than one more than one woman or more than one girl or a guy that engages in behavior that is questionable behavior that might wind up you know having him go to jail or go to prison and come back out of jail with um you know some scars if you will because he's you know he's tough enough to have survived you know an ordeal like that why is it then that that guy becomes attractive to uh to certain type of women why is it that the good girls really like bad boys and it's the behavior of the bad boys that that attracts women i think so i think some of y'all kind of like a little bit of that toxicity well, I mean, I think a part of it is, is we said, as I said at the very beginning, it's kind of what society, this is what society has constructed in terms of what a man is and what a woman is. You know, what, what the true characteristics, what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman. And so if you have those women that feed into the idea of what society says a man should be, then you're going to like the one that is a little more aggressive and the one that you know, is the big, loud, obnoxious guy and the one that is the person that kind of gets into the street fights in the neighborhood. I mean, you, that's that's kind of what you're attracted attracted to because that's what society says is a man versus you're not going to necessarily like the dude that goes to church every Sunday. You're not going to necessarily like the dude that sings in the choir because he's exhibiting what society has said are feminine type traits. So again, which is why I'm saying that toxic masculinity is a real thing. You're, you are forcing men to fit into a bubble of what a man is. And then when they don't fit those stereotypes or fit those characteristics, they feel insecure and they are that insecurity manifests itself in something else. And so the point is, stop telling boys this is what a boy should be. Let boys just be who they are and tell them it's OK to be sensitive. It's OK to just date one chick. It's okay to go to church every Sunday and sing in the choir. You can do all of that and still be a man. You don't have to play football if you don't want to. You don't have to play any sports. You can like the arts. You can like ballet. You can like all those things and not be soft. I mean, and similarly for a girl, you can play football and be a girl. You can be an athlete and be a girl. So to stop with these societal, what society has constructed as being a woman, as being a, this is what men do, this is what women do. And then if you kind of overlap, then you're all confused and you have no way to exhibit or to share uh, those feelings of insecurities because you're not fitting into this bubble that society gave you. So to answer your question, the reason, the reason women like bad boys, the same reason you got mamas telling their boys don't cry. It's the same reason you got daddies telling their boys, boys don't cry because that they're They are feeding into this stereotype of what a man should be. And the more aggressive you are, the more boisterous you are, the more type a personality you are, the more manly you are. And that makes you more attractive to a woman. Conversely, the more docile you are, the more meek you are, the more genteel you are for, from a man's perspective, that may make you more attractive to may make the woman more attractive to the man mm -hmm. because you're fitting into whatever this uh, characteristic is, which is why, you know, people say I get flack for being too aggressive. That's just a part of my, which is supposed to be a male stereotype or a male mm -hmm. trait. 
Mm-hmm. I get I get flack for being aggressive. I get flack for being too vocal. I get flack for exhibiting to being too opinionated. Those characteristics or personality traits that are typically attributed to men. Um, am I not feminine enough? Um, for our listening audience, my woman is way, way, way feminine. Enough. <laughs> she is plenty feminine enough. Matter of fact, I'm going to call her from here on out. I'm going to refer to her as plenty feminine please enough. Don't, please don't do that. For me. Please I, don't do that. And I think this is a, so this is a good way to take us out. And I appreciate your perspective. I always do. Um, I, I, you know, I think that you're wrong 50% of the time. But I'm I not still, wrong on this one, though. But I still, I still appreciate your perspective. Uh, I, you know, I'd like to 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 leave the audience with uh, just again my feelings on on my masculinity. I'm in love with my masculinity. My, when I think about masculine traits, I think about things like being a protector. There is an invisible line around our home. So you know, I when I come home, I love the fact that you know one of the things that I pride myself on is is I think I'm in a position to protect my family, uh, from outside harm. Um, I, I believe that, you know, as long as I have strength in my body, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to try to earn, you know, money, uh, or enough money to take care of my family and to make sure that we have the, um, the, you know, the things that, the things that we need as a family. Uh, I'm going to always cover my wife. I'm going to always pray for her. I'm always going to, you know, take the time to invest in my family and, and, and invest in my, in my children. Uh, I'm going to do those things because I believe that's what a man does, and I believe those are masculine traits. So when I get defensive, when someone tries to attach uh, some type of negative connotation to my gender identity, it does. It it, it, it rubs me the wrong way, and uh, and that was the reason why uh, I called my lovely bride on my way to work because I heard somebody coming after my my manhood. So, but I but little, I but but I think the message I think phobic. the I think the the end message should be that overall we have to stop. You are all those things. You are a protector. You are um, a type A personality. You are assertive. You can be aggressive at times, but at the same time, you're also sensitive. You also love the Lord. I like it when I be aggressive. Yes. You're also kind. You're also generous. You don't really like musicals. We're going to work on that. But there are a lot of other things that you like that usually, you know, that people could attribute to being a woman. So my my main point is that we need to stop, in my opinion, attaching because it, I think it's messing it's messing up our young men. Stop attaching certain characteristic traits to men and to women, and just let our boys be. Let our boys be. Let our girls be, and just let them be good people. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, just let them be be good people. You teach your son to be caring, to be sweet, to be kind, to be a protector. And you teach your, your girls the same thing and just kind of let them go through this life just being kind people. When we don't do that and we place these limitations on people, only a man is this and only a woman is this, that's where you get all people doing crazy stuff. Please follow us um, on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, IG, and Twitter. It is at Soul Purpose Show. Also, remember, we are on iTunes. Our podcast is on iTunes. Yay. The Sole Purpose Show. Please download, um, subscribe to um, our podcast, like us, review us on our Facebook and all other social media platforms. We super appreciate you all. If y'all have any ideas about show topics, then, you know, hit us up. But we appreciate y'all tuning in for this episode. Thank you. And be blessed, everyone. All right. Peace. 
This has been another episode of The Soul Purpose Show, produced by Keith Harris and Monica Harris. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Soul Purpose Show. This is the Soul Purpose Show.